Hi everyone and welcome to the 66th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Colin. Hello everyone. And Lauren. Hi dolls. Yeah, um, it's just taking me a ton of times to get that right because apparently I can't say 66 very well. See, he did it again, he said 66. Look, okay, just leave me alone, I'm struggling. Aww, bless. It's uh, a difficult thing to say. Hugs. <sighs> Say it Snuggle with me, pins. 66. 66, there you go. There, you got it. I'll <laughs> like the introduction in that, like it's just, oh, that would have been a complete mess. <laughs> right, anyway, this is, um, this has turned out pretty well so far, I, I think. Yay. Yeah, it only took you like 10 times to say it, right? Yes, thank you, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting show this episode. We have no real news to talk about because what Square are you Enix talking still aren't... about? We oh, have a release yes, date of a certain game. Whatever. A certain game that apparently no one really cares about. I think everyone cares about it. You're just in denial. <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> if it was a release date for Type 0, I probably would be caring. I'm Switzerland. You're neutral? Yes. So you don't care? Or you, wait, you have you your own you army? Th- I have my own army, yes. Just continue. Interesting. Just continue. Right, anyway, so we, we're going to talk about a release date for a certain game. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Burning Question, which Yay. was a really cool Burning Question this time. Um, and Lots then of discussion. Pretty cool. We're going to be doing something different for the third section because we're not going to do questions this episode. Aren't we rebels? Yay. Yeah! Take that, <gasps> the man! Yes, stick, my we're sticking it. We're sticking it to the fist. man. You would eat my clenched. So yes, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, by now you should probably have listened to the show before because we've we're on our 66th episode. But if you haven't listened to it before and you've just stumbled upon us, uh, we are called Final Fantasy Union, and we're part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and we're presented by a website called GamingUnion.net, as well as TweaksMusic.com. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. We come out on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we are the main podcast. Uh, but we also have a website called FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we also come out on Colin. FinalFantasy-FXN.net So, I think we should just jump straight into the news because it's so fantabulous. July I'm going to you take it, Colin, because you're July so excited 3rd. about it. July 3rd, July 3rd, July 3rd. What's happening on July 3rd, Colin? Is the day when the rhythm comes out. I love that you just went into song. Yes. <laughs> Colin gotta, is so excited. You gotta do it, you know, in Co- the spirit of. Colin's the game. only excited it's... because he's obsessed with elite beat agents. I, Which is hey, why. Hey, Owen Dunn is awesome. Which is why he agreed to have a whole musical episode just featuring and... Colin solos when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't agree to that, but okay, sure, why not? You did just you now. You now have. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Theatrhythm Final Fantasy has been given a uh, well, a confirmed release date for North America. Up until it, now, we well, like a couple of weeks ago, it was just summer. Yeah, summer. Um, and while America has the release date now, Europe doesn't. I'm so sure you get it like two days after. I don't understand do why it. they have chosen not to announce it. It's uh because you guys don't like music. Well, no, that's not right. You guys have like we sing. Yeah, exactly. We love our music games. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Square Enix don't think we. I, I bet it's just going to come out on the sixth or something, and they're just stalling because they wanted to talk about Prada instead. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's another news piece that we could talk. Yeah, about. I'm not, not going to. Oh. No, okay, well, I'm going to talk about it from the comedy value perspective. Okay, so basically, Square Enix last week released an image of Final Fantasy 13 characters, including Noel, 
dressed up. Yeah, she's from thirteen. It was no lightning Sars. and Sars, and... and they were dressed up in Prada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lightning looked like a dude. I believe yeah, someone said well, old was... man clothes. It was yeah, from man, the man um, men, the Prada 2012 summer uh, spring summer collection, I think, and um, it was the men's wear. So yeah, so we're not really understanding that. <laughs> it was the men's wear and yet lightning. But um, you know, yeah, so tomboys they they love that stuff. They get it up. Maybe Scrooge everyone knows tell us the something. lightning isn't a tomboy. She's just a man. With- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, oh, so. Yeah. The internet was like undecided. There were some people going, "Wow, this is really cool! It's amazing!" And other people were like, "What the hell did I just see?" <laughs> um, Cannot unsee. The funny thing is that Square Enix actually had to release a secondary press release to um, explain what this was all about. <laughs> and tell, I'm just going to read a bit out of here. Um, so they said they wanted to reach out and explain any confusion that had arisen about these fantastic images. Square Enix would like to clarify that this project was undertaken as part of the celebration of the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy. It's not directly related to Prada in any way. They just provided the images. Nor will these these clothes be appearing in any Final Fantasy game ever. (laughs) See, that is unfortunate because if they sort of made it into DLC, that would have been funny. Yeah, it's true. I do like Zaz's. Zaz's is pretty awesome. Now, you know, no, and like, so, just look So, pretty much what happened was the magazine, which is Arena Om Plus, Hom Plus, Om, I don't know, uh, they just approached Square Enix and were like, hey, we want to do this cool thing. And Square Enix was like, hey, that's cool. Um, we've got these images we can use. Let's do it. And that's pretty much Did they just the Photoshop edit. their faces onto people? I don't know, because that's what a lot of people of, are wondering. It sort of looks it, like that. Yeah, it looks like they mm. just photoshop faces onto bodies. But then if you look at some of the arms, they're very, very... I don't know, they probably just smoothed them out or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably clean. post-process. But yeah. they're kind of saying, like, they haven't done anything quite like this before, but they have seen, like... I, they've done, like, Final uh, Fantasy The Spirits Within. Exactly, they did it with Maxim ma- Magazine. Was well, Maxim, Maxim but Maxim is not necessarily for fashion. Maxim is more and so there for... There goes my microwave. Maxim is not necessarily for fashion. Maxim is more for zero clothes on or as less clothes as possible. Yeah, I don't hey, really do- understand. Doctor Aki Ross was among the top hundred hottest. Yeah, women. she was. But they did I... have they did have a um a like Silent Hill type thing going on in one of the um, fashion magazines like a while back where they actually had um, models wearing the pyramid head, which I thought was pretty. They're kind of doing uh, yeah. it with versus thirteen. They've got that uh, fashion. Yeah, well, no, the characters are the characters are wearing Prada in that, aren't they? Or is it something? No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, um, no, it's not Prada. Rosh, Roan, something, something like R. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're wearing something designery. I don't know. Anyway, right. That's enough about that because we don't care anymore. Back to uh, Fiat Rhythm, July third for the three DS. Yeah, there was also okay, yes. some the Ezio DLC was released, and of course there was the whole Mass Effect tie-in and blah blah blah. All mostly DLC stuff. Yeah. Mm. Oh, something else is coming out in July. It's not really Final Fantasy, but it's, it's not Final Fantasy at all, Colin. It's not. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a Final Fantasy character in it. Is there? Yeah. Which one, Lauren? What are you looking at me for? You're you're the Kingdom Hearts person. Well, I don't know as of right now. I know there's um there's the World Ends With You characters, but and then there was the April Fool's joke with Lightning. 
but... <laughs> I thought that Zach was in it or something. No, that Zach was, was in Birth by Sleep. Wait, I'm going to have to look this up now. I actually don't know if there is, to be honest. At least no each, new ones. Each, each Kingdom Hearts game has been featuring less and less Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, exactly. Birth by but Sleep more, only had Zack. But more the world ends with you characters. There's like... All that is really random. It's just like, oh, let's put all of the world they should, characters. They in should there. feature like, you know, FF Tactics. I know, or actually give Final Fantasy the recognition it deserves. Maybe doesn't deserve any. Well, Kingdom Hearts Apparently. really isn't about Final Fantasy anyway. That yeah. and Disney. Moogles are in it. I'm, I'm saying that I'm validated. Yes. Okay. They own the Moogle shops. That is. Yes. So there are Final Fantasy characters in there. <laughs> Get in. Right. Anyway. <laughs> So we're now moving on, because Kingdom Hearts is not what the show is about. Big tangent. Mm. Yep. Uh, so we're getting on to burning question, and our burning question for the last episode was, should Square Enix hand Final Fantasy to an external developer? Controversial. Colin came up with it. I'm wiping my hands. <laughs> I'm not making any apologies. <laughs> anyway, the first comment comes from the Void on the forums who said... If they gave it over to Mistwalker, I would be psyched. I think anyone would. Although Sakaguchi isn't your conventional game developer, he might end up disappointing a lot of fans for the sake of artistic expression. At least, I th- I like to think he would. Other than that, no, even though Square messes up a lot, I can't think of a developer who could do any better. Well, Sakaguchi is, like, one of the best ones, to be honest. So best he did he ever. Just do the you know, last story, which is... Critically acclaimed. I mean, and he, he also has did the done... Spirits Within, which was not a big <laughs> flop at the box office. But that's only because <laughs> yeah. they threw a lot of money at it, so you know. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, I definitely agree that if anybody were to take it over, I think that Sakaguchi would have to have it again. But the that's thing just... is that he would have to care about it again. But would he want it? That's the thing. He would have to he's, care he, about he, it. Again. He's sort of, you know, given it up already. Could you imagine if Square Enix actually went to Mistwalker and were like, hey guys, look, I know we've had our issues in the past, but come on. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I still stand by that Kojima would make a brilliant partner. Aww. You could have Solid Snake appearing in there as well. You'd have Snake? To. Snake! <laughs> Time paradox. Right, so our next one came from You Love Patrick, and he said... I wouldn't mind Square hand. I wouldn't mind if Square handed over the reins to a bit, as long as they left the franchise in the hands of another proven Japanese developer. I believe that Miss Walker, Monolith, Atlas, or Falcom could do the f- brand justice if given the proper time and budget. I believe he later added um, level five, and I yes, would have level to five. agree with level five because they are doing Nino Kuni with Studio Ghibli, and it looks awesome. Not just <laughs> that, Colin, but they did Dragon it, Quest. It looks like Pokemon. They made Dragon <laughs> Quest. Uh, amazing again. This is true. Level 5 is an awesome developer. And, and um, Dark Cloud. If, if Square Story. Enix did hand it over to Level 5, I would be behind them all the way. Just as long as it's not like White Knight Chronicles. Uh, I thought White Knight Chronicles was It was all okay. Right. Yeah, it was alright. It wasn't I think amazing. It'd be, I think it'd be silly if they handed it over to Atlas. I feel like ooh, it would just turn ooh. into a mass murder. What, what if they handed over... <laughs> what if they handed it over to uh, the team that did Valkyria Chronicles? That mm-hmm. could be pretty cool. Although, you know, it's Sega, so... <laughs> Sega. Sega. You know how they are with their Sonic games. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, the next one is from Pokemon Trainer J from Twitter, and um, they said, "Not the main Final Fantasy set. If they wanted to do it with uh, Crystal Chronicle, 
Crystal Chronicles, etc., I'd be okay with that. I think don't they like some of the spin-offs already handled? Don't they already handle them? Uh, yeah, I believe Decidio like, the fables isn't Decidio handled by. I'm not sure. I mean, I know the King. Some of the Kingdom Hearts games are handled by external studios. No, it, it's still it's still a Square Enix studios, but they are based. The locations are like I think it was the Osaka team that did Birth by Sleep. I could no, be there's, wrong. No, there's another studio called Jupiter as well who've helped out on like Chain of Memories and stuff. Yeah, then there's, there's Taito as there's well. Taito as well. They did. What did they do? I can't remember. Taito is like Space Invaders. Oh, right. Space Invaders Final Fantasy. Yeah. No, that, I, I'd really like I, it if... Um, I would if buy they that. gave Crystal Chronicles... I mean, there was the whole thing with um, Grim. No, Grim, not Grim. What are they called? Grin. Grin. Uh, and they Is were it... making Fortress. Yes, for that. See, the concept art for that actually looked really cool, and even the tech demo that they had. But, like, I think the whole thing about an external developer is just that they've got to get someone of the right caliber. I mean, like, mm. you know, you've seen it recently with Capcom and Resident Evil... They just yeah. You've got to do it right. You can't just give it to a Western developer for the sake of it and just think, oh, it's a Western developer, then you know it's gonna do it right. Even though, even mm. still, you know, even though people said Operation Raccoon City was a terrible game, it still did really well. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's Resident Evil, but like you know, people will buy it based on the name, but then they may not buy the next one. Yeah, you know? it's true. Go, Colin. Right. The next one is from Zero on the forums, who says. I'm for giving Square Enix another shot. While well, FF13 was linear, 132 was pretty. What? 132. <laughs> I disagree with this. 132 was not terrible. It was you better. Disagree than later, Colin. <laughs> anyway, and versus 13 will be a cage hack and slash, which I I'm still holding hope that 15 will rekindle the series. It depends. I think um, I don't necessarily agree with how Square Enix is going right now, or a lot of the game companies are going right now, where they focus solely on making money and not necessarily the quality of the product so uh, I, I don't know i it, it would really have to balance to the two i guess huh i think it's tough to balance you know the making money part and making the game you want yeah although square enix does have a um a higher up compared to like a lot of other developers because they already have fans you know like i mean i could see it from the perspective of like a new IP coming in, and they're trying to book, they're trying to push it, but Lost Remnant. But like with yeah. Square Enix, it's like they already have a a brand that had worked for. I, I think I think, I think they problem. need to step. Away, I think they need to step away from that brand. In all. Maybe well, that's I, the I truth. Think, I think actually, I think they need to do the opposite. I think they need to just focus on the core again because they spent so much. Like the last since Yuichi Wada came along, they've produced two main series. Two, yeah, two main series games. Mm. But how many spin-offs have there been? You've got the whole Final Fantasy VII thing, you've got Fabulous Nova Crystallis and all this crap. It just attracts from the experience. And I, I think what people really liked about Final Fantasy was the fact that every game was different. It gave mm. them a chance to start fresh. It was a clean slate, and every single world and universe is completely different to the previous one. True. Like, you know, not, 12 mm. is completely different to 13, and the fact that we've only had two games in that period of time, it like, you know... It, it doesn't leave that much like you know the, out of 7, 8, 9, 10 there are ones that people don't like as much as others but it doesn't matter because they could have enjoyed the other ones mm-hmm. whereas you know if you don't like 13 that's that may be the only one you've ever played because of just the time span yeah true although I think like you know with the spin-offs it's it gives them that opportunity to do to take risks that they norm 
I guess they normally would have wouldn't dare to take the main with the main, all with the main series. Yeah, is it? I mean, you look at you look you look at the, the games, and they follow you know that set formula of they do to a degree. story, and you know it it changes with the the battle system, the character progression system. All of those change to us to various level, levels of change. Yeah, but you know you look at games like Dissidia and that battle system that it, it had. You know. I think I th- I personally think that battle system works really well in a main series game, but I think I think the whole thing is though that just like um, with the spin-offs, not everyone who bought the original game is going to buy a spin-off. Yeah, that's the just spin- the way it goes. The thing with the spin-offs is that or it has well. that name recognition already. It does, but like you know, you look at Final Fantasy VII. How many people bought Dodge Cerberus? Like, like a million. How many people bought seven? Like seven million, eight. How million. many people bought thirteen two? Exactly, but that's the whole thing. Like, if they hadn't released thirteen two and released Final Fantasy fifteen instead with a completely different world, I can guarantee it would have sold a ton more. But yeah, it's, we... their, it's their decision. I mean, it, you know, it's just the way things are going. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I think let Tabata do fifteen. Let's, let's just no, it's, no. Let's just say as long as it's not Toriyama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, the next one... Um, sorry for spending so long on that one. I had a little bit of a rant. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> next one is from John Sheps on Twitter, who says, Absolutely, providing said external party knows how to listen to the series' fans. Not that I see that or outsourcing happening. Yeah. You know, Bioware comes to mind, not necessarily... <sighs> mm, I don't know. I think... Um... I think listening to the series' fans is actually what Square Enix is doing wrong. Because yeah. it shows they don't have any belief in what they want to do. I think, like, they, yeah, exactly. Fr- from know, one through ten, sure they read reviews, but that's probably the only feedback they listened to. But most of the time, yeah. they had complete faith in what they in what they were doing and thought like, that what they were doing was right. Thirteen two is a result of listening to the fans. Yeah, exactly. but they still even then the fans, story. the fans still didn't. I mean, you yeah. look at the sales, and you can't really say that the fans have supported the game. No, I mean, well I, I joked about it in my titles. April Fools thing, but you know, they pretty much they made the game that everyone wanted thirteen to be, and, and no they, one, and, no and one wants they, it, and they still weren't happy about it. So you know, Square Enix should just stick to their guns and make what they want to make. You look yeah. at Type Zero and you look at how amazing that is. Yeah, it's like it's like a troll move that they're doing. It's like we're doing what we want with Type Zero, but we're not going to share it with you. Plus the I fact that, that it's like a you know it's kind of been overshadowed because. It's on the it's on the PSP, so it's not like not a main series. Really. Uh, people need to get that, that idea out of their heads. I'll buy so it. PSP. It's on PS- PS- PSPs have had some really good games. They mm. have, but I mean, like you know, if it's a PSP game, it's never going to sell the amount they would have done if it was on the PS3. I'll still buy it. I'll buy a PSP in order to have a in order to have Type Zero. How much? How much has it sold in Japan compared to FF Thirteen Two? I think it's sold uh, like. Well, I think hasn't Type Zero Type Zero's got to be close to a million now. Yeah. Thirteen mm-hmm. two is not. <laughs> yeah. No, I I definitely I would hands down buy a PSP bundle in order for me to get uh, Type Zero, hands down. Hands down. There you go. Um. All right. Well, this one is from <laughs> our favorite person. I gave Waldo. the name to you on purpose, Lauren. <laughs> oh, thank you, <laughs> Wado. Waldo Lang Schnitzeldom. <laughs> okay, um, just recently I was listening to one of the old Final Fantasy Union podcasts, and I think it was Daryl that said one of the things 
consistent throughout the series is that it's always changing, and I totally agree. I think trialing a different development team would be a good way to put a fresh spin on things. Um, yeah, I mean, I did say that, and I do think that one of the good things about it is that the fact that they always are changing, but I don't think giving it to another development studio would necessarily be a good thing because that could be a big change for the worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are. I don't think there are many development studios out there that would want to take on the responsibility of developing a Final Fantasy title because that would be a massive undertaking. And I don't think there are many development studios out there that are capable of doing the franchise justice. Like do even not, Western developers. Do not give it to Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah. Because no. despite how epic Skyrim was, and I really enjoyed Skyrim, it is buggy as hell. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Bioware. Bioware. Maybe Bioware before they got bought out by EA. <laughs> but not by yeah. well you know Square yeah. Enix did have that partnership with EA back in the they 90s they did Final Fantasy 10 didn't they do 8 as well I think they did quite a few uh, yeah. Square, it was Square Square EA wasn't it they actually called yeah, it yeah Square, Square EA maybe if like Ken Levine wrote the Final Fantasy then I'd be like totally for see, it see you know what Square Enix doesn't have any troubles with game design I they think don't have any g- trouble with story no. either. They've I got think... one of the best script writers, Najima. Yes, Why don't they use him? You, use him. That's the, the problem. If you don't have the heart in order to do it, then maybe, like, maybe Najima doesn't I, want to do it. I think, um, like, I recently went to um, a um, preview event for Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed Three, and they were talking about their development process. And one of the things that they said really struck a chord with me, and it was that before, when they're starting off the project. They um they like make, they set aside like ten people to to come up with different scenarios that they want to do. Mm. So like they came up with lots of like five different time periods that they thought Assassin's Creed Three could fit with, and then they um did like a full like one to two minute um, trailer, basically for the game using like um characters that weren't or basically inanimate and stuff like that, but. Like basically describing the scene and then they would show that to the development team and then they would see which one resonated best with the team because ah. they didn't want to make a decision and uh, be like well this is what you've got to develop they wanted the developers to actually be really excited about what they were making so they let, the, feel- they let the developers decide what the what project they were going to do basically i feel like there's also just a sense of like strain because i feel like right now Square Enix is only really holding on to Final Fantasy because it, it's what makes It's the money. money maker. And I feel like I feel like when it's all about money and not necessarily what you want to do anymore, I feel like that puts more strain. I think know? yeah, I mean if you look at Square Enix now compared to Square Enix in like the nineties, uh like obviously Final Fantasy was their big game, but it was their big game, you know. They yeah. couldn't afford for it to to suck. Yeah. And but it's not like a game like, uh, like, what is it? Uh, I always make fun of it. Oh, Madden. It's no. like it's not like a game like Madden where it's the same game every time and they can just keep banking off of it. It's like you have to come up with something creative and, yeah, and, and I, innovative. I think that's what they, it drove them. Like because it was so integral to the success of the company, they had to make sure that every game was great. Mm-hmm. They had to. There was like no other way about it. Whereas now. Their driving force is we've got to live up to the reputation. Yeah. Which I think is kind of where they've gone wrong a bit because they're so worried about... Um, like, that's why the development times are taking so long because they're so worried about not getting it perfect. Mm. 
It's like, just make the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl would be, Daryl's going to go over to Square Enix's office and just be like, just make the damn game. Just do it. Do it well, now. Well, I know the development time's long now because of the tech, but seriously, yeah. Yeah, the NES no. games took the same amount as the SNES games. If Uncharted... The SNES games took the same amount of time as the PS1 games, and the PS1 games took the same amount of time as the PS2 games if you ignore the fact that the director got like a really bad illness. If like Uncharted and Assassin's Creed can come out with a new game every year, I think Square Oh, Uncharted comes out every two years. Well, still, how long have we been waiting for Versus 13? Hmm. yeah it's a bit silly but anyway we're we're, we're getting yeah, distracted we're, we're, <laughs> right we're getting sidetracked so the next burning question is going to be well that's a bit of an interesting one i guess uh we want to know if you think they'll announce final fantasy 15 before they announce before sorry before they release versus 13 you know maybe at e3 this year to drop another surprise bomb like they did with ff14 they're like Everybody oh yeah like, by what? the way guys we're releasing another 10 Fabio Nova Cristales titles and 13, sorry, uh, 15 is going to be a PS3 exclusive, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Not PS- sure yet. It might yeah, change our minds down the exclusive. It's yeah, no guarantee. on the PlayStation Give me like 14. Yeah, it's a PS3 exclusive. See, th- this is why I think Tabata would be perfect for doing FF15 because you can get that crossplay. And he's got a good um, track record of getting games released. Yeah, he did the he did the third birthday, whilst doing Type Zero, and he also and did Crisis Core and Birth by Sleep. Exactly. Wait, Tabata did not do Birth. I think he, I think he was involved with it because it's the whole PSP team. He's it's he's his team. It was his it team that now. developed it, I believe. It's his baby. Because like that's why Crisis Core looks so similar to Birth by Sleep graphically because it's just the same guys. It always reminds me of The Sims, though. For whatever reason, The Let's Sims. See, do. does not say Tabata was involved. He had to be involved somehow. It was Tetsuya Nomura and Tai Yasuo as the directors, and the producers were Patrick Chen and Yoichi Yoshimoto. Writers were Daisuke Watanabe and Masaru Oka. No Hajime Tabata, yeah. Well, plus, they definitely spoke to him about the Kingdom Hearts game. Plus, um. Birth by Sleep was developed by not by the first production. Yeah, but the first production team isn't Tabata's stuff anyway, is it? No, but Tabata, thought... is, part, Tabata is part of the first production I team. I thought the first no. production team was only Kitaze's stuff. Here you go. Um, Famitsu, October 2007. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura and Hajime Tabata. Um, Why would they the do an interview? The major topics discussed were Coded and Birth by Sleep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they were talking uh, yeah, about... Yeah, they were talking about it. Yeah, Tabata was involved. Um, is there... This time there is high quality graphics, but do you think it will be successful on the mobile phone? I don't know yet. The development specs, blah blah blah. blah. So yeah, so I guess I I think he is maybe he's kind of like um like a consulate, like he just kind of um consoles people and like you know. Well, like I, that was the first one they did on the PSP, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was because everything else was on a Nintendo. One, no, 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 it? no. The first um, PSP game Square Enix did, like the first. Oh, game. was it? I think wow. so. That's weird. Because uh, Crisis Core was afterwards. Crisis Core was like uh, 2009, 2010, I think. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we have gone off on a tangent yet again. Yeah. Right. Just so, a little bit. Um. Yeah. Burning question is over. That's it. Done. Yep. Uh, when, as I said earlier, we're not doing questions this episode. We're going to do something else inst- instead. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
we're, well, I have no, absolutely no idea how long this is going to last, but yeah, we'll just keep talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Many, many people have been commenting about the fact that, I think, I don't know what episode it was in, but we had an episode where we just talked a bit about Dirge of Cerberus. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was pretty much it. We just talked about Dirge of Cerberus and people really liked it. So uh, we decided we were going to do something similar this episode, but we're not going to talk about a random spin off that no one really played. Instead, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy IX, which was the worst selling game on the PS1. Yes, what an achievement. <laughs> I'm sure Square Enix are very proud of that. Hey, FF9 right. was awesome regardless of how well it did. Yes, I'm not going to mm. deny that, even though it's my least favourite of the Golden Age. That's because you suck. Apparently so. Hey, look, least favourite of the Golden Age is still very, very high quality. <laughs> this is true. But anyway, anyway. Right, so if you haven't played Final Fantasy IX, why not? It's been how many? It came out in what two thousand? Well, people might not have got PS ones anymore. You know, there's a whole different generation that's, of fans out there. That's Colin. a that's a dumbass excuse. It's on PSN. <gasps> We apologise for anyone who is uh, in their <laughs> low teens and it's, uh, it's just been called a dumbass by Colin. It's I feel on... like 9 also still was kind of under the shadow. I feel like every game has been under the shadow of Final Fantasy 7. And 8. And 8. Anyway, right. Well, so not really eight. The game know. was actually completely different to 7 and 8 because it was um, developed as a tribute to the earlier Final Fantasy games and it was the last game that had Sakaguchi's directive creative involvement. And they also got rid of Tetsuya Nomura as the art director. Yay! Instead, they hired... Uh, basically, they uh, throughout the series, there's always been a consultant who has done um, promotional artwork for them called Amano. And um, he was... Uh, the, I think the last game he did was Six, right, Colin? As I the believe character so. Designer. Um, so they brought well, him back did, on board. He did some promotional stuff for Seven as well. Yeah, he, well, he's done promotional mm. stuff for all of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's always done the um, yeah. logos, hasn't he? Indeed, he has. So anyway, yeah, it was like uh, it was pretty much the dream team. They brought back all the old cool people from like the SNES and Beyond era. Mm. Be- wait, Beyond before SNES and before. Uh, and yeah, it was pretty much a tribute. Like there was even uh, old pieces of music that would come that uh, were rearranged from Final Fantasy One. Characters et were inspired by the older ones. Yeah, they mm. had character classes which hadn't been featured for quite a while as well. Um, so yeah, um, I think first of all we're going to start off by talking a bit about our experiences, and um, I'm going to let Colin go first here. What was your first experience with Final Fantasy IX? Final Fantasy IX was pretty much the first Final Fantasy that I played, and you know, going with that cliche theory of Daryl's best game syndrome. Exactly, best game syndrome. I still believe that FF9 is well. No, I don't say it's better. It's my favorite, even more so than Seven. Anyway, I started playing FF9 because my friend was playing FF9. Oh, at his place, I Do you saw remember the your game, friend's like, name? What? Sean. His name was Sean. I remember his name. I haven't talked to him in a while. <laughs> if you're listening, anyway, Sean, Colin wants to talk to you. <laughs> anyway, so we we picked up the game and it was confusing because of my first Final Fantasy and it came on four discs. <laughs> and I was like, "What the hell? How do you, what do you, how do you even change the discs?" While was this before? Game? Was this before you were introduced to Metal Gear? Yes, this was before I was introduced to it's Metal like, Gear. It's like, okay, Colin, you put all the four discs in at once, and then you just, <laughs> just stack was... them on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What? What, what, what do I do? Do I do I turn the power off and then put the disc?" It in, is pretty or... scary though, because if you remember, you don't whenever want, you, you don't open want the disc to tray, break your PlayStation. 
Well, whenever you open the disc tray, didn't the game break? Like for any normal game, the game would yeah. break. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know and the disc would still be spinning and come to an ab- abrupt stop in the disc tray, mm-hmm. and that is a frightening sight, <laughs> especially when you're like what, ten years old. Oh, youngsters. Yeah. First experiences with technology. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what about you, Lauren? Um. Well. I had been familiar with uh, Final Fantasy for a little while. I'd played uh, 8 and um, like watched a bit of 7 when my brother was playing it. I actually played 7 uh, like last. I played it after I played 9. Um, but I went to one of my friends at the time. We called him White. His name is James White. And uh, he got Final Fantasy 9 for his birthday. And uh, he broke it out at the birthday party. He was just like, yeah, How let's cool. go play it. And so uh, I just remember all of us sitting on the bed watching Wait, that is like the I... worst game to play, <laughs> play at a party. You know, it's and we were just Yeah, we just kept watching it. And I just kept asking questions and bugging the crap out of people. Because I was just like, why does he have a tail? Why is this? Why is that? And then I don't actually That's remember. That's stupid. No, I wasn't like that stupid. <sighs> Daryl, I used to watch Star Trek Next Generation back then. So That's stupid. Anything. <laughs> but uh, I don't actually remember when I picked up um, Final Fantasy IX. Um, but I did play through it when I was... Uh, I played through it a lot like on sick days and weekends. and I, I really liked it. I liked a lot of the things about it. It was much different to Final Fantasy VIII or any of the other games that I was playing at the time. So, um, yeah, I uh, I just played through it by myself. I had nobody to talk to about it, which is probably why I don't remember as much. But, um, yeah. I remember alternating between my brother and sister. That, that must have been fun for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. We played like an hour, hour and then we switch and, and then take oh. playing. That must have been horrible. Although, you know, FF9 did have the multiplayer for It the did. Battle, which was mm-hmm. cool. My um my first experience was uh, of an interesting one because 7 was... um I got introduced to it through 7 because my next-door neighbor had 7. So I just watched him play it. And uh, 8 came out and I didn't even realize it had come out. 9 was the first one I knew it was coming out beforehand. So it was the first one I actually pre-ordered. And I remember, like, just around the release date just rushing home every day after school like going it's here yet ah! and then of course mm-hmm. it was finally there and uh i just took over the entire room and was like i'm playing final Fantasy <laughs> nine that's it and uh i remember it because it, it starts quite slowly mm-hmm. i didn't think it started as quickly as the other ones because the other ones were kind of all like no you don't really get to re- the grand reaction. conflict until later on in yeah the exactly and um i remember my next door neighbor came round randomly and I was like, look, I've got Final Fantasy IX, this is amazing. And he was like, yeah, I don't really care about that anymore. Aww. And, and I was like, but, but look at what's going on. And it was like, it was the uh, the forest scene at the beginning. And it was just like, well, not much is really going on. Um, this is kind of boring. <laughs> it's like, but it's Final Fantasy, you can't say that. Aww. Yeah, that was my first experience. That was like when I found out that Spice Girls weren't popular anymore and Britney Spears was a new thing. So sad. Thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> no problem. Anytime. <laughs> what are you? What are you? Some of your favorite characters? Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, uh, Freya is definitely uh my favorite 
if I do have a favorite in Final Fantasy IX. Um, Although before the podcast, Lauren had forgotten who Freya's ultra boyfriend was. Daryl, I didn't play this game like at all since I was twelve or thirteen or what. However, what age I, I know was. that was very horrible of me. <sighs> I haven't played it since ten. Connor's now but making then again, it worse. You, you had your bro- you probably had your brothers and sisters to talk to about it. Like I didn't have anybody. I just had myself. I was the only, like white. He nothing he wrong with talking to yourself. <laughs> I just remember the whole Riverdawn sequence. That just that made it for me. That was that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eternal Harvest. But I loved I loved Freya because of her story and how she was fighting for um, fighting, trying to find her fighting long lost love. love and and the fact that she's like the aside from her and Safratli, they're like the only people that actually look like that, aren't they? Because um, yeah, she's from Bermuda, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the whole race that that looks like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of not. Yeah, they're not prominent throughout the game. Yeah, it's just they're like anamorphic. I think is what it's called, isn't like that. Like very friendly. Yeah, but she was also she was also the most badass of all of them. Well, she was a dragoon. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole yeah, I'm gonna jump off the screen and then come back a turn later. You can't not be bad, be a dragoon, and not be badass. That was amazing. Like, I loved her costume. Just jump, and then it's, the enemy it's, does their amazing attack, but she's not on the screen. And, you know, oh, your entire <laughs> party dies, and she defeats Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really liked Freya. The only, uh, the close second would probably be Beatrix, just because I just love her. Just because. Her. Also, my cat but, is named Freya. Uh, yeah. yeah, his cat is named Freya. What's causing not, she's some problems? Cute. She's though, not a dragoon. She's she, in love with Daryl. Does, but yeah, doesn't she, she maybe jump? Maybe that's just it. I thought she, she jumps all over the place. She does, but she she doesn't jump like that and then jump on things. She likes to present herself to Daryl. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm going next. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Colin. Move away my, from this topic, please. My, my favorite character is Daryl's cat Freya. <laughs> it's Steiner, Steiner, and Vivi because you can't really separate. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird love affair. It's, it's. Something that I think Final Fantasy has been missing for a very long time, you know. The, a love affairs between the, grown the men and small boys. Bromance, man. <laughs> bromance. The, <laughs> the, the really, really good writing, the really good character development, really good character design, and not just, you know, as characters as in their own individual entities, but uh, influenced by each other. It's even written into the game. Are you trying to say that SARS and Snow didn't have, like, that kind of chemistry that you're talking about here? (laughs) I don't think so. Did they they even even speak to each other? No! Mm, I don't think so, no. When when Steiner and Vivi first meet, you know, Steiner has this utmost respect for Vivi, even though Vivi is probably the most insecure little thing ever. And he's like seven oh, years he's old. Oh, so cute! And so cute. You know, Ste- Steiner, Ste- Steiner, and Zidane as well, to a certain degree, helps Vivi, you know, build up that confidence. And he does so by doing that in FF9, you know, in the battle system. If you have Steiner and Vivi in the same, in in the party, Steiner gains this new ability called Magic Sword, which lets Vivi enhance Steiner's attacks with magic. And I thought you know, that was the coolest thing ever. Do you know the really funny thing about Steiner? I always because, and this is another thing about the writing. 
the battle between Zidane and Steiner. I know. Was awesome. It was the. I, it I was, was always amazing. from Zidane's point of view, and I hated Steiner because he was such a douche all <laughs> the time. I, I, I just loved the way Steiner would react to Zidane's like probes. You know, I just thought uh, it was funny. And like how how Zidane just calls him Rusty. Yeah. And by the, by the end of the game, that's his name, Rusty. <laughs> It was amazing. I think, but like I think that's another thing. Warm that, and happy and friendly. I think that's something else that needs to be said. It's like Final Fantasy IX was really the last Final Fantasy that I actually legitimately laughed at. Like Final Fantasy X really didn't have that many. What about the laughing scene? Good Everyone jokes. laughs at that for the wrong yeah, reasons, but, surely. <laughs> exactly, exactly for the wrong but reasons. But like Final Fantasy XIII, I don't remember one moment where I actually legitimately laughed. I mean, they had like. They had moments that were trying really hard to be funny, but there were like, like in Final Fantasy VIII, I mean, Squall finds a naughty magazine <laughs> that Irvine left there, and I burst out laughing. It's, like, it's not mine. It. It's like, it's not mine. It's not mine. The dating stuff in Final Fantasy VII, the scenes with Steiner in you Final can, Fantasy IX, like, that's it. where it left. There's way more funny scenes than that. Oh yeah, there is. There is. There definitely We're is. We're going to be talking about that a bit later, though. Yeah. But like, and, I think and, and it's not just scenes, as in cutscenes. You know, it's gameplay as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. They just lost their comedic touch. Nine, and... nine, in my opinion, had really good game design. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to quickly gloss over my character then, cause so we can talk about other stuff. But my favorite character is actually Amaran, who I believe is the last character you get. And it you wasn't really you, because of you don't get anything... him until like this too. No, he was like he, he was quite far through, but uh, mm. he he obviously had like a bit of backstory, which is all related to Trino, and he used to be like a bouncer, but got set up and all this stuff, and he, and he's got like a bounty in his head, and he's got a. But I just remember the fact that he's like, yeah, he's like him and his him and dad are just like seriously, he's like three times the size of him, and <laughs> his fists are massive, and he's got like a massive chin. Probably stab is, your eyes out with him. Yeah, he's just like I just remember because he, he, he's just like the most unorthodox character you would ever expect to appear, and it's like what the hell? But he was still awesome. Like his alter, his limit breaks were amazing. He did, and he had chakra, which was amazing. Yes, I love, it. I love his hair. Yes, Lauren, would you like to tell everyone what you called Amaranth? <laughs> Flaming um, Afro dude. There we go. Right, so... I called Steiner ugly. Oh, 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 that is harsh and not fair. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) I had very funny names for my characters, which made Steiner all of that more endearing to me, to be honest. I always think of the default. (laughs) Hey, ugly. Yeah, every time he would say, yeah. Anyway, right, now we can talk a bit about the music of the game, and uh, we've all picked one piece that we particularly liked more than... Well, I guess not more than anything else, because there were actually quite a lot of... Yeah, there were a lot of memorable tracks in 9. I still remember reading uh, GameSpot's review of Final Fantasy 9, and they said that the the sound quality was that, and akin of the SNES, and I remember thinking they were idiots. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Colin, go for it choose your say your rather interesting piece it's my favorite track ever well, I, have a, I have a lot of favorite tracks but this one is the one that i that comes to mind whenever someone asks me is the airship hildegard i thought it was you know it's a really beautiful track that despite 
the conflict that's going on in Nine. It reminds you that it's happy. Yeah, exactly. The character, mm. characters are fun. The the story is fun, and things aren't you know oh doom and gloom, melodramatic. Oh my goodness, I'm going, I'm evil. I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> I I think my um the reason why I laugh when you pick that is just because I think compared to um. Highwind theme and uh, See, High ride wind, on from eight. I, high, I just don't think it's as good. Highwind. My thing was the Highwind theme is that it's it's really good, but and it I think it captures Sid's Sid's character really well. But you know, it sounds it's very military. It's very, I guess it's it's like a marching song. But you know, Hildegard. It's it's whimsical, and I think it's. That's what gets me. It's it's really whimsical. It's probably the Aww. most flamboyant track of 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 FF9's OST. Okay, mm-hmm. well, What's your go, favorite? Me? You want no, me to go? No, you okay, go. You well, go next. Okay, I'm gonna go for one of the ones that's on Discord. Well, I can go because... again if neither of you want to go. <laughs> right. They'll go. I'm gonna go for a track on Disc Four because I can do that. Actually, yours is on Disc Four as well, Colin. Yes, it is. You don't get to hear the go Disc. Well, mine's on a different planet. <laughs> Yeah, just go, uh, I'm, I'm picking Endless Sorrow because it's really melodramatic. Like Aww. your face. Yep, that's it. That's all. I'm, likes to be all I'm gonna say. Just go and listen to it. It's awesome. Um. Okay. Well, if that's all you're gonna say about that. Yep. Then um, I actually went for a. Uh, well, people might think it's a bit obscure. Um, I don't think I it's actually... very obscure. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, but. Like, I know everybody has their whole thing about, like, oh, one-winged angel is the best, blah, blah, blah. But, to be honest, in my personal opinion, nothing beats Kuja's theme. But that's just because Kuja's theme I love how you think Kuja's theme is more. obscure. Well, because I don't think a lot of people... I didn't know Everyone a lot of people that. liked it. Because it's like, they ripped off Queen. I didn't think that a lot of people liked it. I didn't know if a lot of people They stole liked it from it, Queen. How can you not like Queen? I don't know. But okay then, then I'm not obscure. You're not obscure. Kuja is the drama queen. He is. Alright, well well whatever the case, yes. I like Kuja's theme, I like it a lot. Um Melody of Corruption or Moral Melody. The one uh, from Burmese. Mechan- uh, yeah, that one especially. Uh the Dark Messenger, which is the one that plays in his final battle, um during the final battle between him and everybody. Um that one's okay, but I just I don't know I I just feel like he he's so epic when he comes in and that plays and I'm just like oh the, you're so twisted the piano awesome. melody as well it works really well because it's it feels completely random and and that was a, uh, like a running theme through Final Fantasy IX like the piano like Jesters of the Moon like it's a really intricate piece but mm-hmm. it still sounds like it's kind of everywhere yeah and there's a lot of piano pieces throughout that kind of have that it's not like a good quality piano sample it's, it kind of sounds like a bit like a honky tonk t- it's kind of got <laughs> that weird tone to it but yeah um kuja has my favorite villain theme of any final ever Fantasy. yeah okay well really. now we're going to talk about some of our favorite elements in the game and, and this is not scenes or anything like that it's just what we liked about the game so i'm going to start off here by first saying dr tot's nose because, like <laughs> biggest re- element in the game I know ever. I still remember going through and getting to Trino and being like what the hell is with his nose is bigger than his face 
<laughs> like, where did that come from? There's no one else in the game that looks remotely like that. And he just appears he's... and he's just like, what? Where? Why? How? Wang just knows like a boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks like Potato Man. He's Mr. Potato Man. He's Head. like, he's the Nigel Thornberry of Final yeah. Fantasy IX. <laughs> the other thing I really liked about the game, and... Um, this isn't as funny, but I think it, it was really genius how they managed to make a game where the hardest boss in the entire game only has 55,000 health. That, for me, was a massive achievement because it meant that boss fights didn't go on for hours and hours, which is like a hallmark, I guess, of Final Fantasy titles nowadays. Mm. Like, use Matt, you just leave it on, you just turn the TV off and come back a couple of hours later. And like Penance mm. as well, and people like that. And, like, you know, Final Fantasy is known for all these epic fights, but, like, fighting Ozma was hard. It didn't mm. matter about the fact that he only had 55,000 health, because, obviously, the max damage you could ever do was 9999. Yeah. But they made it hard in different ways, and I think that was really good. Like, it was a very strategic um, element to bring in, because even though the the bosses only had this amount of health they could still last like a fair amount of time and even finding Ozma was a challenge yeah I mean mm-hmm. Mognet oh Mognet <laughs> I remember quite a lot of the battles in Final Fantasy like I don't remember getting stuck as much on any of the other Final Fantasies as much as Final Fantasy 9 because some of the Black Waltz um, especially the one that you uh, fight when you're in I- all I remember is that you're outside in snow and you get you get um, confronted that... by black vaults, and that was so hard for me. I remember like spending so much time on it. it wasn't this three? Wasn't it? I forget which one. It was. It was nearly because you're going to the to that island that would that would teleport you to Terra. Yeah, but yeah, that one was just so hard. But uh, yeah. What were your What was your favorite element, Colin? Oh my! <laughs> my favorite was when you reach Lindblom. And you find that the region has been has been turned into an oglop. Where the hell did they even by, come up with them? By his <laughs> by his angry wife. <laughs> They're like, "Where's Regent Sid? I'm Regent Sid. What? What? It's like a little and bug thing. It's like what? What? Know, he was so what cute. is an oglop in the first place? What the hell? Where did they no. come up with these things? And no one knows. I think that's like you were saying about so Dr. Todd's nose. You know, that's one of the great things about FF9. It had really good character design. You know, you get all of these memorable characters. You know, Zidane, yeah, you know, he's got his tail. But then you look at Amaranth and he's like this huge guy with, that, with green skin and red dreadlocks. Like Ico's some little four-year-old and kid. Yeah, I- Ico's just this like little bobblehead thing. And and that's another thing, like even the character design is worked into the gameplay, you know, with like and, and the story, like you know, the summon summoners have their horns but yep. Garnet's horn was sawed off and you know, she can't control her summons because of it. Mm-hmm. And even what like, about you? you know, even the uh the bit where she gets silenced. She can't cast any of her magic, she can't cast any of her summons. Mm-hmm. That annoyed me so much. <laughs> I was just like, damn it, I can't use her in the fights anymore. Uh, <laughs> I hate this. What about you then, Lauren? What were your, some of your favorite parts? Um, well, this kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier about how I really um, thought that the comedic uh, writing was like fantastic. And this all kind of stems from uh, the scenes between Stiltskin and uh, Artem- Artemision. Artemision. The purple Artemision. one with the funny shampoo. 
And this stems, this stems from the scenes between Stillskin and Artemisian, who are, like, two <laughs> little... Well, Stillskin is a mog, right? Are the, both of them Yeah, they're moogles? both moogles. They're all moogles. Okay, they're both moogles. And they're just, like, chatting about certain things, I... like certain things that are going on tutorials like stuff like that well Stiltskin, Stiltskin delivers all your mail yeah and um i think it's just amazing because he's like he's traveling around the world and he's always got these little maps and stuff <laughs> but but he's a moogle he is he's it, it makes it moogle. all the more epic but i just remember those scenes being so freaking cute and so funny and like you just don't get that anymore in Final Fantasies. You just don't get those those cute little scenes. Ooh, and, um... you know, going back to that Oglop thing. Later on in the game, when they try to fix it, he gets changed into a frog. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then and he, I think he and the party gets captured in Kuja's base, and he has to rescue them. And you know, there's that one bit where you have to sneak past the hedgehog pie. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I guess my other favorite element and. Like people who know me know that I'm not I'm not particularly a fan of a lot of female characters. Um like Yuna. I don't like I don't like Yuna, I don't like Eris, I don't I, I just don't like the pure Sarah. innocent type people. Yeah. Sarah Well Sarah's I mean, just retarded. Yeah, She's not Sarah. pure. Uh I hate vanille. Like Go, get on with it, go. People like that. Anyways, Final Fantasy IX had some of the best female characters in any Final Fantasy. Including Queena. Like, including, including <laughs> Queena. Queena, I mean, Queena. Queena, we don't even know um, if Queena's a male or a female. No one knows. <laughs> like, Freya, Freya was totally badass. Garnet has all this backstory and is not a, is not a character that you have to feel pity for. I mean, She also has a mum that looks feel... identical to her. Yeah, you get you get and she um, was named frustrated after the princess when in FF1. you get frustrated when she is silenced and you can't actually use and her. And she changes her name, but 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 she's never da- necessarily the damsel. I mean, she does have her moments where she's a damsel in distress, but I've always felt like she was stronger, and she does have a bit of a a backbone. And she can't control you know, her fake mother, though. No, she can't control her. She fake learns mother. to control her summons. Um, she does. But yeah, like I, I really liked all of the female characters. Uh, well, Aiko, I know I said I didn't like her. <laughs> um, she just annoyed me sometimes. Aiko, I, I thought I was mean, I an amazing character. Well, she's a four-year-old kid, like you know. She's I understood. She is. She, she is the... meant to be bratty. Yeah. Yeah, I understood. I understood her character, but like at the time, but, I was just a kid, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this girl is so annoying!" Yeah, even Why? she had just even, leave them alone and let them even her out. backstory and her relationship with Mog, you know, that was I thought mm. was powerful. Yeah, but yeah, like I I felt like they were some of the best written female characters. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. I think the the way they did the characters in general was really good. I mean. Obviously, Queenie mm. was like a partially optional character, and that was the last time we really had anything like that. And like Final Fantasy Nine was the in in the past when you got characters it was usually staged. Um, mm. Like eight, you kind of got Irvine a bit later, but most of them you got at the beginning. But seven, like you got the characters as you went through the game. Some of them were optional. Six, you definitely got the characters as you went through the game. Nine, you did as well. Like you know, Amaran and Nika, you didn't get till disc two, which is quite far into the yeah. game. Whereas like twelve. 13 you get the characters pretty much right All away right at the beginning yeah mm. it's like there's no 
the story doesn't have a natural reason to develop. In like 13, it's like, oh, we all just happen to be together at the same point at the same time. Just fancy that. Yeah. It's like there there is no development of the story. They didn't just meet these people along the way and, and just kind of fit in. They just all were there and forced mm. in your face. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like if there's any if there's any Final Fantasy they could go back to and just be like you know, uh, just to take notes from it would probably be Final Fantasy. Yeah, thing. because I think it was the last one that really had. I mean, like seven and eight and ten had right quite adult storylines, and nine mm-hmm. was to a degree, but it also had that really fantasy element to it. Exactly, but and this is also important too. It it had that comedic value where it didn't just go for cheap laughs or it didn't go for corny it actually just was funny yeah. and entertaining there's also stuff it like you know when you're in limblum and you go into the shop and there's like the buster sword on the wall yeah like it, you just don't get that anymore like people i guess just don't know how to write comedy <laughs> or <laughs> they just lost that ability I, I, I guess they just lost well really a lot of comedy has gone downhill yeah. Especially with, like, you know, the hangover and going for cheap laughs with people vomiting and yeah. doing dookies or I mean, something. But it was also like, the last just... game that had, like, an awesome minigame. Like, yeah, it's true, like too. Tetra Master. Not, not just one awesome minigame. It had a bunch. Quite a few, Choc- yeah. Chocoball, Hot and Cold, oh, you know. That annoyed the crap out of me. That and the treasure graphs. Yeah, that was difficult. They sort of tried to did that with FF13, but it didn't really have a purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Tetra Master is pretty awesome. I love Tetra like, It was an expansion of um, the card game in Final Fantasy VIII Triple Triad. Mm. And you know, if they even yeah. wrote it into the game story, it was integral. Yeah, you to had to progress. Yeah, and obviously, it became a separate game as well because um, it was part of Final Fantasy XI. Challenging people in Treno. That's the one. I think that's what I was saying. Yeah. I still actually the beating the heart the best person in Trino was actually really hard. I remember it took me quite. A yeah, few it, it was. I think I raged more during that. <laughs> I think I may because or may not have raged. You know, you eight. you actually you actually lose your cards. Yeah, I, well, yeah. That, I mean, that was the whole thing because, like, in Final Fantasy VIII, like the whole thing about the rules, and if you accidentally spread the random rule, mm. uh, that was like the worst thing you could possibly do. But the music made you happy. Yeah. It was fun. Like, how about we round this out then, guys? We're talking about our favorite scenes from Final Fantasy IX. Okay. Let's do this. I think think you should go first, Colin, because your scene's right at the beginning of the game. Yeah. It's when Zidane and his party are trying to escape from the evil forest. You know, the the, the Prima Vista crash lands in in this forest. And you think, you know, oh, it's it's just a forest. And then you find out there's this evil evil plant thing and it's watching everyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it captures Vivi. So creepy. His minion catches Vivi and you have to rescue him. Oh, no, catches Garnett. That's the one. I I got it mixed up. But, Mm. yeah. and Easy mistake to make. Yeah. Vivi (laughs) Garnett. (laughs) But as the the final cutscene when you escape from that forest is just them running for their lives you know and the music that's the pumping music you know you're actually panicking you can feel the tension and and like the plant vines are grabbing at Zidane you think it's gonna grab him and his 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 bro blank his bro shoves him out of the way sacrifices himself to save the party 
And ah, yeah. oh, that was ah oh, amazing. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> he just gets I, petrified. I, I, and he gets petrified. Here, they don't and, revive him. And I was like, no, <laughs> blank. Ah, oh. yeah. I was but actually it's cool though because really... you get to keep Marcus. Marcus stays alive. Yeah, I was actually pretty upset about that until later on in the game where you know they attempt to revive him. Yeah, it just takes mm. a while. Yeah. They're just like, oh well, you know, he. We've still got Marcus. <laughs> and uh, he'll, uh, what, what were the twins and called? I think Hina. I think I think that was that was one of the uh, good parts of FF9. You know, the story, not all of it, <laughs> comes comes to a conclusion straight away. You know, mm-hmm. Zidane and his party move on to do what they're doing. But at the same time, you know, you got you got the um, what's it? What was it called? The what? event time thing that the showed what was happening. There was a thing where you hit select in the game and it shows you scenes that were happening at the same time as Zidane's party. Oh yeah. Well that was what that was how you saw the um Stiltskin and Artemision yeah. scenes and sometimes. You know, it it would, it would flash to, you know, Marcus trying to find a way to rescue Blank. Yeah. And then later on mm-hmm. he runs into Zidane and the two two of them, you know, sort of sort of do do it and Eventually, it comes to a conclusion late, later on in the game. Certainly does. What about your scene, Lauren? <laughs> well, this kind of goes back to my love for all things Beatrice. Um, I absolutely love... There's this one scene where um, Beatrice accidentally gets a note uh, that I think it was Ico was trying to give it to Zidane, but um, then Dr. It, it, who it, was it who wrote it? It, it? Was it, doc- it got it floated away, and yeah, Doctor Tom. Yeah, Todd it floated away. Exactly, but it was meant for Zidane. It was like a love letter. Uh, Beatrix finds it and somehow decides that it is actually um, from Steiner to her, and uh, it just starts this whole scene. Do they, do they, do they realize at first that? They thought it was each other, or did they just think like, "Oh my goodness, some random person wrote a love letter to me"? I don't know. I don't know. Because I, 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 th- I think it, it was they don't Steiner and Beatrix don't find out until later when they meet. I think yeah, it's I think really so. funny as well because of the whole, uh, the whole juxtaposition between Steiner and Beatrix. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and Steiner's that, got the you know, Knights of Pluto, and they're like completely useless, and Beatrix yeah. has got her female army, which is just like complete military pretty, pretty much the army of alexandra yeah it's like they just destroy everyone but it's so cute it is and steiner does his little his little um jump <laughs> and stuff like that I, I seem to remember him doing his little steiner jump which uh, I, they don't they funny. don't have that in final fantasy anymore no it's too serious no oh but like that's or the thing the... like nine and my scene's actually the opposite of you guys well kind of mm. Because Lawrence was well, whatever. Um, <laughs> my my scene was the, uh, the probably the most stereotypical one, which is the the scene when you're trying to escape from well, when Zidane turns against his own party, which like mm-hmm. has never really happened in any other game. Mm-hmm. And like obviously you play it plays the "You're Not Alone" music, which I think was actually the most perfect music there. It, like it it gives you the emotion because Zidane's like really worked up and he's really angry. And I just remember playing the game, and I felt exactly the way that he was feeling. I was like, like kicking the crap out of my party members because I was so enraged by what was going on, and like the music was driving me on. And like, I can't honestly think like Final Fantasy games 
they typically make you laugh or they'll make you cry. But I can't think of another scene anywhere where you feel like anger about something that's actually happened. I felt anger in 13, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I mean, like, Eris' yeah, death. I felt anger in. But, like, Eris' death was more of a sad moment, I felt. I felt anger in uh, Final Fantasy X for the wrong reasons because I just couldn't understand why Yuna was such an <laughs> idiot. But like yeah, you know, you know, I, I I agree. You know, that scene was probably the most powerful. In- yeah, there were so mm-hmm. many though. Like you know, when um, when they're attacking Alexandria, and um, Alexander comes down to protect them, and Garland's like, "Oh yeah, see you later, buddy." <laughs> yeah. Just gonna destroy you with a massive laser beam, and they're like, you know, when Atmos sucks up um, the, the the town, and, and like they're. Yeah, there was there was and, so many like, then, really harsh scenes in there yeah. as well. Like mm-hmm. even when um, Queen Bran dies, that was a really harsh scene. Yeah. Oh, when when Kuja just turns yeah. on her and just kind of like, uh yeah, I just ruined your whole thing. Yeah, sorry. Um, bye. It, like that. But that's like that. It was so cool. it was such a good game for that because it had the like the, it had the comedy. You had the romance because there were obviously the there were loads of different relationships. You had like the the Frere and Sir Fratley, Steiner and Beatrix, mm-hmm. Zidane and um, Garnett. You know, you even you even had the platonic ones like Steiner and Vivi, and even Vivi and Eiko. Yeah, and Vivi and himself because he pre- reproduces. <laughs> yes. Dude, don't know how they do that. <laughs> no. There was just so many, like, you know, obviously there was the whole clone thing as well going on with Vivi. Yeah. There was also the other clone thing with Zidane, because Zidane's a clone too. Yeah, does... Ah, oh, oh, I love... And yeah. then there's the whole, really I'm going to go to another planet, <laughs> and let's do that, and we're going to destroy like, planets. And, what happened with um, the Black Mage Village, that that was mm-hmm. quite sad. And even, like... The Black Vaults. The, the Black the black Mages that were taking care of the Chocobo. Mm-hmm. The Black Mage Village music was so awesome. I know, ah, uh, and, you know, <laughs> the first time you entered the black mage village and the chief like shows you this so shows you the grave of one of the black mages and he talks like to you about death and life and it's like yeah because when all like, don't they always it's talk pro- about how like the black waltzes used to be good guys yeah it, mm-hmm. it's properly depressing <laughs> yeah they're like oh yeah we have but limited lifespans and we're all gonna die there are some pretty <laughs> epic um there are some pretty epic villains as well the black vaults just that whole group yeah and then you had the they're four awesome. warriors which were of course were brought back from the early fun fancy mm-hmm. games, like yeah, the and crystal you got, you world. Get, you get the you get the shrines, the earth shrine, the water shrine, the air, the air temple. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, the crystal world. Oh, the crystal warriors. Oh, man. there are some really great moments. So mean the dragons as well. Mm-hmm. There was so mean silver dragon, the red dragon. Oh. Yes, brilliant game. Final Fantasy Night was awesome, but still mm-hmm. my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna throw that in uh, there. Such a troll. Even even Final Fantasy thirteen and twelve, Daryl. No, the the least favorite of the Golden Age. Okay. So you know, Final even even the least favorite of the Golden Age is way above twelve and thirteen. Exactly. Mm. Come on. So at least that's good. Yeah. It's like you can't even compare them. Mm-mm. Anyway, we've rambled on way too long about this. We hope you thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed listening to our discussion about Final Fantasy nine. Uh, maybe uh, we'll talk about another game maybe if you guys want to suggest it it doesn't necessarily have to be a main series game we can talk about other things as well we could talk about like, the movies as mm. well 
We could talk about the spirits within. Yeah, the spirits within. Let us know. Do you want us to talk so, about the spirits within? Yeah, ex- let us Before know crisis. in the comments or on our Twitter what game or Final Fantasy media that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, maybe we might talk about it next episode. Who knows? Either way, the next episode is actually coming out on the 8th of May, I believe. <laughs> Last episode I said this podcast is coming out on the 17th, so I don't know what happened there. Uh, <laughs> apologies for that. Um brain fart as i mentioned earlier you can subscribe to the final fantasy and kingdom hearts union podcast on itunes if you just search for final fantasy we are the number one podcast and of course you can catch every episode at finalfantasyunion.com along with all our final fantasy news coverage actually colin that reminds me we should have talked about something earlier but we didn't well we'll mention it now yeah we can just give a little brief about it we are um well, in the past like couple of months, I've been putting up polls on Final Fantasy Union to get feedback about certain things, like what you think we do well, what you don't like, what you want to see us do more. And we are actually redeveloping the website as we speak. Con's even working on it right now. Yeah, like right now, you, you, you hear that, that mouse click, that's me in Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we really want to get this design right because we know that I guess this will be the fourth iteration of the website, and versions two and three were okay, but there are so many parts. There are so many things that are bad about them. Yeah, you know, a lot of things didn't. Like, you know, um, a lot of people don't even realize there is an entire character database because we just don't talk about it ever, and it's nowhere. It's so hard to find it on the website, and like, you know, (laughs) it was broken for quite a while as well. The The entire glossary section was broken for like a year, and we didn't even notice. Um, so we so are that, going to be... That's all being be, fixed up. Yeah, we're going to be redeveloping everything. We're going to try and come with a really dynamic layout as well. Um, we don't want to just make a fan site that looks like every other website out there. Think, and think um, trading cards. Interesting, Colin. Yes, uh, I can see that. <laughs> um, but we're also going to be trying to expand our content as well. We haven't added anything to the character database for ages. I mean, like, the 13 characters aren't even... They used to be in there, but they got removed obviously we have no 13 two characters in there or anything like that we're going to be doing something about that we're going to be adding them all in there we're going to be expanding the glossary and we're going to be hopefully fingers crossed creating a bestiary uh, i'm guessing the game will start first there is 13 part two as it's the one that's out at the moment makes the most sense we are going to be trying to expand the website as much as we can to be a great place for news a great place for uh, legacy content for recent games as well as older ones. But we, the most thing we, the the big thing that we want to do is we want to make it a community. We want you guys to feel like you're really involved with everything that there is on the website. And uh, you know, we're going to be talking a bit more about it in the upcoming episodes, and we're going to be releasing different pieces of information as well, and to keep you guys kind of in the loop. Um, you know, we've shown some concepts to some of the staff members at the moment we've been getting their feedback and um we've been working really hard to kind of keep live up to their standards of what they'd expect from a website and of course we've got our own ideas um they're not necessarily the best ideas all the time <laughs> but <laughs> we try we try um i'm quite concerned that a lot of people in the last poll wanted video content and um, i kind of just put that in there as a red herring but i didn't expect anyone to vote for it a lot of people voted for it <laughs> right <laughs> We, we should probably clarify that we right now don't have the capacity to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we've been uh, we've been talking about perhaps doing this podcast as a video show, 
No idea how we're really going to do that though. A oh, lot of uh, technical hurdles to overcome. Yeah, but I mean, if it's something you guys want, then we're definitely going to consider doing it because obviously we want to make the website a place that you really want to come to on a daily basis. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where we're going in the future. And um, with that note, I think uh, we're, we're in a good place to say goodbye. Yeah, that was a long show. It was a long show. I know. It's a good <laughs> show. FF9. I love it. Yep. Talking about good games. So say goodbye, guys. Come on. Come on. Bye. I need to go with you dinner. What, what sounds do Oglops make? I can't remember. Uh, oh, it's it's like, like it's lump some... or something. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's weird. It's, but I love Oglops. <laughs> Good day, everyone. <laughs> and I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and finalfantasyunion.com production. <laughs>